Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer for another faction reaction. This time we're doing Slaves to Darkness, and I'm joined by the wonderful and beautiful Mark. Hello, sir. How are you? Beautiful. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, How's I'll you? go with that. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I'm good. How are you, Mr. Signs? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, this is my third one today, so um, I, but I want to do this faction and you justice. So I'm very excited uh, about talking about this today. Saves the Darkness is probably one of the most complicated factions, I think, now with the changes and everything else that's been going on. Um, okay. So very much excited to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, this is obviously being filmed in, in front of a live studio audience on Twitch. Uh, so there we are, Hello, Bobbin, Jeanette. Angle, Positive Victim, um, which is Darren and also The Hello, Owen Jackson. Means. So loads of great people the Jack. Owen Jackson. The the. No, I was I, I I was I was playing someone at Firestorm the other day, and I name checked him because I can do that casually. Yeah, he's a friend, and, the, and honest to God, the guy playing was said, "Was that the Owen Jackson?" <laughs> and I was just like, "Yes, yes, that is the Owen." That's Jackson. him. That's the guy. <laughs> That's the guy. He's my friend. It's so cool. I don't brag about it much, but soon as you mention. But I will as much as I can. Uh, thanks to McLeod, by the way, for resubscribing. So yeah, this is obviously live on Twitch right now. Uh, but you guys could be watching it on YouTube or you could be listening to it as a podcast. So they're available in all of those places. Uh, and there's been some great other faction reactions. So do go listen to those ones as well. Mark, it's a pleasure having you on the show to talk about this. Um, and I know that you've already got tournament games with Slaves of Darkness uh, in under your belt. So yes. before, we, but before we get into uh, Age of Sigmar 3, winners and losers and all that other stuff, let's talk about Slaves of Darkness and how you thought they played in Age of Sigmar 2. So, so take me through okay. that. So um, I always like to sort of envision sort of each faction has like its sort of stat sheet with like attack, defense, mobility because that's how my brain works and i always thought that slaves to darkness were pretty sort of average across the board but maybe slightly better at defense maybe slightly better at stuff like bravery but their buffs i thought were like some of the best out there yes so you could turn like these really average units uh well or war scroll wise and average only saying average by what they actually do on their war scroll yeah and then you say well actually if i put this 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 and one they become amazing like some of the best examples of that are like Marauders and Varangard, Chaos Knights. They're all great sort of vehicles for your buffs. Yes. By virtue of what they have on their stat sheet. So the stat sheet is uh, Varangard is probably the best example of this because on their stat sheet you look at it and you're like, wow, that is good. I'm not sure it's like 300 points good, but that's good. But the second you start putting buffs on them, they're like crazy good. Like and they and they start and they start from that kind of interesting place where you're already giving them a mark of chaos. So you're yeah. like you're already deciding in which way you're stacking your buffs yeah. initially, yeah, just by it. even yeah. just selecting the unit. And then all of a sudden you're like, cool, how am I going to add to that? And I think that's actually genuinely really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's how my my brain tends to work with uh, a lot of list building. It's just like you know, you start with that. You add a mark and you're already, my brain's going, ooh, where can I go with that? Where can I go with that? Ooh, mm -hmm. mark a Nurgle. That means you get plus one save and reroll wounds. Well, that's good with that. That doesn't work with that. Don't care about that. And, uh, it, you know, a after a long time, you put about six or seven buffs on them and you think, well, that will kill the world. And then you do the maths on how likely those buffs are going and then you realise that it's a terrible idea. <laughs> that seems super fair. That's how all my lists are made. <laughs> you cycle backwards. You're like, okay. Cycle back. No, actually, no, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, so how did they, uh, so like, uh, that was like maybe some of the core elements of the book and how like you can yeah. stack buffs, but like, how, like what sort of things did we see? Like what play style would you say that they had in second edition? Like, 
um, what was really being used well or a lot? Um, to be honest with you, in uh, towards the end of second edition, this was kind of, but when they came out, I think it was just before COVID, was it? Yeah, it was the just book? before. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it wasn't. It wasn't so, long after so the, the only, Ogre's book. So the only meta I can really talk about was sort of the TTS meta. So um, you saw some builds with uh, Demon Princes uh, initially. This is after they were uh, the Nurgle one was buffed, tragically, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, so Corn uh, Demon Princes t- seem to be quite good because of that command ability, which is worth mentioning still, I think. Yes. So uh, you have the run and charge of guys wholly within 18 of a Demon Prince uh, model, and nowadays with smaller boards that's even more powerful yeah <clears throat> so you were seeing that and the demon princes themselves um were quite well they they had like always stripes first on them so yep. they're quite good in combat and will go before you in addition to that and de spoilers you could like pick a target piece of terrain and say you can't shoot me through that that blocks line of sight so you had an army then that was potentially capable of dealing with quite a lot like, so you can't charge me. Uh, you can't shoot me. You're going to have to deal with me on my terms. And usually that involved uh, teleporting marauders around and then watching the auto charge. That's something I probably should mention off the bat, by the way. Yep. Marauders is charge is a pretty unique ability, which pretty much guarantees you're going to get the charge off from a nine inch teleport, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty unique in Warhammer. I think, uh, I think or, almost or, like it, it isn't something like crazy. Like from Deep Strike, you've got like a ninety-eight percent chance to make the charge. Double double one messes it up. I yep. think, yeah, that's it. A double one is the only thing that messes up. It's happened to me yep. before. I'd like to add. Not that I'm bitter about that, but um, <laughs> bring it up constantly. Yeah, it does happen <laughs> so it's one. It's one of those things. You know. You know when you like hit on the two, you're just assuming that's going to hit. Yeah. It's like that twice. Double one. Anyway, never mind. Mm. Rant over. Hi. Um, so, uh, yeah, Marauders, they're very, very useful and very unique. Uh, so you'd see a lot of uh, lists built around that mechanic in itself. So teleporting them nine inches away and pretty much just guaranteeing that they're going to get the charge off, which is something unique to Slayers to Darkness. And a lot of people built lists around myself included. And also, of course, Archeon, which wasn't necessarily something you saw in Slayers to Darkness, but he pops around in every other faction, like just about because he's... He's uh, another, as I said, a, a good vehicle for buffs. And that I think works that's, in other factions as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the really interesting things. Like, because Archeon's home book, obviously, is so an book, but actually, probably was the place he was seen least. Like, I yeah. Know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I know that, like, during the Stat Center and uh, all of the. Uh, so the Age of Sigmar Stats Centre, which we do on a Monday, um, and um, like all of our tournament coverage, because obviously you've got had a few people pushing safe starts around. You've got Dave Kerr over in Australia. Uh, you've had some American players pushing them around as well. And obviously during lockdown, uh, which is mainly like where it mainly saw play on TTS, um, we saw it played a lot. And I think it felt like it, you played Plague Touch Warband and then you cycled backwards from there is how it felt. Um, yeah, like from, well, from that was the Knights of the Empty Throne. That's what I didn't mention, is it? Even though that's what well, Playtouch Warband was. Uh, Playtouch War, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Playtouch Warband was the War Scroll Battalion previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that was one of the things uh, that was uh, really important to talk about. That was really effective because it really made yeah. even some units like Chaos Warriors like pretty good. Uh, and yeah. then and then people like moved around which sub factions they were playing. But I think eventually people settled on a particular sub faction. I don't know what you thought about that. 
Uh, well, personally, it was nice to empty throne for me. I can't believe I forgot about Plague Touch, that thing. Yeah, Plague Touch. That was uh, essentially uh, when you wound them on a six, mm. you take a mortal wound. So you could basically look for units that were going to have a really good uh, save roll so that all those six, all those mortal wounds they were going to do back on themselves mm. were going to do nothing to you. And you could outgrind your opponent from there. So stuff like Varengard with a three-up save, already very good. You're looking at Chaos Shrines that are those things that would not only take quite a beating, but um, give out the plus one save buffs and stuff like that were, became really, really strong. Chaos Warriors, as you said, for the same reason, very strong. And Chaos Knights as well. Stuff that's easily buffable mm. with yeah, saves yeah. and you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, so it felt like they had a very combat-y uh, play style, like you say, with a lot of synergy. Oh, yeah, uh, no, no they... No shooting, yeah, wasn't a part of the process, and also no yeah. no summoning really to any degree, like a little bit, a little bit. You could you can summon. I'll get into this later, but you can summon stuff from the Eye of the Gods table, mm. which is something you don't see a lot because, um, well, just the builds that tend to be going around. But certain heroes, when they kill a hero or monster, they get to roll on the table. You can still summon ten horrors that way. Mm. Um, uh, so it's not nothing. Also, the Gaunt Summoner summons, you know, five horrors or ten plague bearers. So it's not nothing. But oh, and and the Ravagers thinking about it as well. They do summon as well. They summon ten Marauders a turn, more or less. Yeah. So it's it's not what I would call a summoning heavy army, but it, you know, it's got has some. options. Has options. Yeah. That's okay. It. All right. So uh, yeah, I think that that's fair. And and Slave Starters generally did okay in the uh, Age Sigmar two stats. Just yeah. for everyone at home, they didn't do terribly. Uh, I think one of the interesting things, though, it was one of the most stolen from books. Uh, like you take a ten Chaos Knights out of here, a Carcadrac Lord for your corn army here, yeah, uh, exactly. an Archeon yeah. for your Zinch list here. It was it was the most pilfered book. Uh, so it was. We, yeah, definitely. So before we talk about um, uh, the winners and losers, let's talk about Age of Sigmar three as is yes. like and your and your thoughts like so what do you think how are you feeling about it what's really standing out to you like feel free this is open open territory for you right now right. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i i I, lo I love it on the whole um uh uh it's, it might just be the newness of a new edition but it feels like another puzzle for like to solve that's mm. kind of like how i enjoy this hobby it's uh you know if uh, they release a new book i go through it there's like three factions i sort of mainly pay attention to that's nurgle skaven and slaves to darkness so one of those guys comes out i'll pick up the book and i'll instantly think oh how am i going to make this work how's this going to how's this going to go and now now it's like i've got all three resets at the same time so uh, arrogantly enough i feel like i've got a pretty good grasp of slaves to darkness already i already okay. feel like like it's more a very like the list i played with you uh, last weekend, we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, uh, I feel it's a very strong Slaves to Darkness list. So now I'm looking at the other two. So it's great to have another like um, set of uh, puzzles to solve. Um, I love the back and forth nature of it. Um, I love the fact that you're thinking of stuff to do and your opponents have to just screw them over. I love the fact that you've got battle tactics to think about each round, which are so important, mm. as I, I found as I've been playing it. Like, the difference in not making it is often the game. If you pick the wrong one for one turn, that will be the difference, I find. Um, so uh, I love that. Uh, the only thing that worries me about it is actually the kinds of lists that I'm starting to take. Uh, okay. But <laughs> because... But meta, the meta swings uh, around to adapt to stuff like that. 
So big, big saves on big heroes is what I'm fearing at the moment because they're very, very difficult to punch a hole in if you don't have access to mortals. Yeah. So I think oh, there's just too many lists with, with that as the theme at the moment. Of course, I, I have faith that the game has enough options universally to be able to get around that problem. But at the moment, it's like, ooh, well, I hope it's not just all this. So we'll see. Uh, I'm uh, I'm hoping the meta will. I'm already thinking of scaling this to get around it, and pretty confident I can. But you know, you never know. You don't. You don't. And I think I think yeah. that, that I think that's mirrored in like the conversation we just had with Jacob. If you're watching this yeah. in order back on YouTube or listening to the podcast in order, um, the he was talking about Marathi, obviously, and like X amount. Of yeah, wounds, that's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. Archeon's yeah. one of them. Yeah, Archeon's like the, yeah, big one. He's yeah. a big one. The Gash is one. Yeah. So yeah, like we and I think this is going to be like a constant conversation with this edition. So I agree with you yeah. 100%. Battle tactics also. Um, how do you feel like? What do you think the best solution for the battle tactics? Do you think Think it would be good to kind of get off book at home kind of keep reading them through three or four times just so you kind of play. know what they are and playing just play like uh, like for instance the games i've played it becomes obvious that the running one is a good one to start with or at least it's a very easy one to start with mm. um there's also something to be said by trying to achieve ones that uh, would be difficult later on early to get them out of the way there's lots of ways of thinking about this there's also if you can use the metamorphosis spell to try and create yourself a third monster for the run one or create yourself a monster that uh, does one of the battle tactics to give yourself the extra point. Mm -hmm. There's lots of little things like this that is very exciting to me, like um, as little, little extra things you can get that will just, you know, maybe push yourself past your opponent and stuff like that. Agreed. But um, yeah, so if you, but if, uh, as I said earlier, if you can deny your opponent, um, for a clever use of command points or, you know, redeploying, for instance, uh, you know, to stop them getting their battle tactic and think about that far enough in advance, I think you'll do well in this edition. That's my thoughts on it anyway. I think that's, I think that's super valid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Age of Sigma uh, 3, Slaves to Darkness. Let's talk winners and losers. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm sat right. here ready to okay. learn. So a bit of a disclaimer with this, especially when I get onto the losers, because I, I don't think there are many losers. They're just less good. Okay, that's fair. So I'm not I'm not saying they're good. Uh, I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm just saying they're better or worse. Yes. Okay. So should we do winners? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, so an obvious, okay, obvious one, Archeon. Yeah. Big winner. So um, he's got a f the thing with Archeon. He's got a four up mortal wound save, I believe, that bounces stuff back. And now it's a lot easier to stack saves. I know it only works out as plus one, but when you're on a three up or a, well, two up in some extreme cases, armor save base, mm -hmm. that means you're basically looking at a two up unrendable armor save if you stack it correctly, which most players will. So he's a big, big winner. So he's very difficult to deal with now. It's getting to the point where a lot of the time is like he's 800 points, so just kill the rest of the army. Yep. If that's such an option, but that still leaves you with this 800 big blob of fu just coming towards you, slicing you up. It's also a big ask, I think, in some situations. Yeah. Like run around this incredibly fast. Uh, kill oh yeah, bot. it's so easy to say, isn't it? Yeah. It's like oh yeah, just ignore him. Just 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 kill the heroes, mate. It's easy. Yeah yeah. <laughs> 
yeah so yeah it is a is a big ask and i think uh in this edition i'm always trying to think of when i'm writing a list i'm trying to think of okay well how am i going to deal with that stupid dickhead dwarf or how am i going to deal with um archeon how am i going to maybe i'm even starting to think how am i going to deal with varangard which leads me on to my next unit uh varangard so they uh also have uh, a three up save uh, and in Knights of the Empty Throne, they become heroes, so get access to all this lovely stuff that heroes are now getting, which in particular, uh, what's it called? The uh, In their finest hour. Their finest hour, that's the one. I think, you, I think uh, someone called it Happy Tuesdays or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> happy, yeah. happy Tuesdays. Happy, happy Tuesdays. <laughs> my best so, day ever. Yeah. yeah, my best day ever. So that gives them off the bat uh, another plus one save. So they're already on twos. Uh, all that defense puts it in another one, so they're a one-up save. Very hard to deal with. Uh, in the Mark of Zeech as well, which I'm going to list as a unit, <laughs> the Mark of Zeech. Okay. Uh, they get they get to re... Because it's the biggest winner, I think. They get to re-roll saves of one. Yep. And uh, now re-roll... Now, in uh, GW's credit, they went through uh, a lot of the War Scrolls, and they seem to have gone, ah, re-roll save? Not anymore. You're gone. Yeah, and I think I think that was uh, they could have just kept them all in and just say, "Well, wait for your next book." But fair play to them; they went for everything. And but Zinch, the mark of Zinch in. Um, and you think Slate that's Stars. a positive change? Yeah. Oh, big time! Because uh, you won't be killing a lot of these things if you didn't have uh, rerolls to save. Yeah. So it's good for the game. I'm saying it's not necessarily good for the unit that's had that nerf, but it's definitely better for the game. Yeah. The reroll saves are less of a thing. So, uh, but. I say less of a thing. They continue on in Slaves to Darkness for the reroll saves of one uh, with the mark of each. So wherever you can find that in Warhammer at the moment, that is really, really, really good. Yep. Uh, especially on stuff like uh, Archeon and Varengard, where they've got an innate three-up save. It means when you get to this unrendable save, you also get to reroll the one. So it comes from like a five over six um, um, damage reduction to whatever 35 over 36 is yeah a lot a lot yes so yeah. when you're fighting against let's say 50 pink horrors mm -hmm. they don't take any damage that's me yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it takes some that was, that, but was, that was a targeted attack it, it was somebody yeah. it's, it's just a hard work uh <laughs> yeah yes, yeah. So, um, um yeah could you just yeah. uh, just for people who might be new would you mind just like explaining uh how the save gets so good so quick Sure. On the Varangard. So, on the Varangard. So uh, I take them in Knights of the Empty Throne, which uh, allows the Varangard that you take to become heroes. Mm -hmm. So that means uh, you um, get access to the, in the new edition, you get access to all the stuff that the new heroes get, which is stuff like the best day ever. You get to, you know, use command points on themselves or so all that defense. So you can see with those two base things for basically doing nothing, one command point and using up one uh, of the heroic abilities, you get plus two to save. And that's without even trying. You do have to, um, and this comes to playing it you know, correctly, you do have to time that uh, finest hour uh, appropriately because you only get to do that once. But stuff like Mystic Shield, you can add to it as well. And now the Chaos Sorcerer Lords, both the Manticore and the on-foot version, instead of getting reroll saves, they get plus one to save. Mm. So I think that's three or four ways off the bat you can add plus one to save to the Varangard. And he, they all stack. Well, they say they all stack. They'll all result in a two-up save, ignoring rend. 
and then re-rolling which, ones from the markers and then re-rolling each. ones from the markers each. Markers each also gives you from the general the aura from the general gives you a five-up spell ignore. Amazing. Uh, add that on top of the Varengard's innate five-up spell ignore because as far as I'm aware, and someone please correct me, uh, those these aren't two wards, so you can stack them. You can. You can. Yeah. So they've got so. What do you do when you're up against a big armor save? You use mortal wounds. Yeah. But you, uh, but with, like mentally, if I tell you I've got two five up uh, ignores for spells, you're probably not going to bother casting any on them. No. So you think you're just going to waste them. So you can't really use spells against them. So the only uh, sort of weapon you've really got against them that's effective is mortal wounds through other means which aren't that common it's rarer it's harder to achieve like i mean it's it's certainly not impossible but it's more difficult it might be something we see become more common um yes in in and especially as you said in reaction to the meta like the the counter pick might be like okay i'm gonna make my army generally a bit worse but can i plow through an agash or an archeon although archeon ignores more wounds on a a four plus which is worse uh but like am i gonna be able to plow through the enemy arm like unit that's a two up unrunnable save with mortal wounds so you might build into it right yeah I, i think you either need to bring that at the moment anyway uh i think you either need to bring that to the table or have some means of dealing with it yeah 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 yeah, i would agree so that combination of stuff i'd say was the biggest i think knights as well um just because they're four up save not quite as good as the varen guard but if you want varen guard on a budget they're you know pretty good for battle line as well three wounds each really tough okay we've had a question uh the varen guard that you would take um what weapon loadout would you take on them uh if in doubt take uh demonic weapons they they give you a little bit of mortal wound chip damage and do d3 uh damage minus one rend um the only ones i don't really rate are lancers but i'm sure someone can think of a build somewhere in yeah that's specifically though because i imagine you're playing them as an attrition unit that's just going to stand there and keep fighting yeah that's it that's it that's it that's yeah you're right that it, it happens to be the way i play them maybe more than the uh, stats on the weapon itself. Could you see Varengard uh, in... being useful outside of Knights of the Empty Throne? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Archeon sub-faction, um, they get plus one to hit innately. They also get uh, a list of buffs. Like I think there's like eight different buffs you can choose. Mm-hmm. So you can get the, give them flying, which I think is great for some conversion stuff that you might have planned, if nothing else. Also, flying's amazing. But the most common one you'll see is plus one damage on the charge. Yeah. So at that point, you could make an argument for the ensorcelled weapons, which do six attacks each, and this is per model. So that's 18 for a group of three. Uh, threes, threes, minus one, and then two damage. That's 18 attacks at two damage. Yeah. And you uh, very commonly, as I said at the beginning, Slaves to Darkness, it's so easy to get uh, buffs on them. Like, expect full rerolls for, you know, the, the buffed unit. So you're looking at, you know, threes, maybe twos, to hit with this new addition and then threes again re-rolled minus one two damage which it, it it takes out most um most uh lightly armored foes i would say that combo that kind of thing yeah okay. also a three up mobile uh unit is just useful anywhere yeah 
Of course, of course. Like, yeah, and like they're so good, especially with their ability to pile and attack twice. Uh, so, yeah. super useful. Okay, who, who else are them? Them big winners. Them big winners. I would say um, a lot of the stuff um, they've got, uh, Slaves to Darkness has got some access to some interesting, I'm not going to say great monsters, but interesting, cheap monsters. Okay. So, uh, Thoromoid Crusher, yeah. I think, is one of them. He's quite an interesting pick because he's uh, like quite a cheap monster with uh, 10 wounds. Um, I'm a bit nervous about um, recommending sort of these cheap monsters. As I have, to be honest with you, I haven't quite made my mind up on them yet, whether they're um, useful or not. So they're useful. Let's say you had three cheap monsters, yeah? Mm-hmm. So in turn one, you can make that um, uh, running uh, grand strategy and yep. get an extra bonus mo- uh, point for it. But... In your opponent's phase, if they've got an easy monster kill, that gives them an extra victory point as well. Yeah. So the question is whether you can um, make use of your monsters to gain multiple bonus points on your battle um, battle tactics, if you, and whether that is better or worse than your opponent getting extra VPs for killing them. Yeah. If you see the the maths I'm trying to do in my head, I haven't worked out the answer yet. I don't know if it's better or worse, but they certainly got that option. Yeah, that's fair. Um, There's also one pick uh, which I couldn't decide whether it was a winner or a loser. Okay. Uh, And that's uh, Bellacore. Okay. Which is interesting. I mean, huge, huge update for Bellacore. Yeah. um, He's a winner in this meta because the ability to shut down uh, a key piece on your opponent for one turn is pretty much worth its weight in gold. You could put it on like a, that, just that ability on its own. It doesn't really matter what more of this attached to is absolutely godlike. Yeah. Um, the reason I also think he's a bit of a loser, uh, or I should say less good, not a loser. Yeah. Uh, less good is because uh, because of his sort of ethereal save, it means he doesn't benefit from any of these bonuses to st- saves that the rest of the army is going to be getting. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember my second game, like because I, I I played in your tournament um, last Sunday, I think it was. Yep, just gone. Oh, it was not, not even a week ago. Not even a week Christ. ago. Yeah. So yeah, and I I, I played against uh, I remember AD Mac, mm-hmm. and uh, I uh, I got charged by I think twenty Marauders, and they just one shot Bellacore without even thinking about it, and I think and they weren't even I don't think they were even doing any rend. I think the but the problem is because you can't um, buff that save, you're just absolutely at the mercy of uh, what's going to come at you, and I think that makes him a bit weaker. So um, sad as it is, if you bring Bellacore, which I would recommend because he's um, in the current meta because he shuts down a, a unit uh, for a turn, maybe two if you get doubled, then uh, you're probably going to have to deal with the fact he's going to die most games. I think. Okay. Uh, do you think the healing comes into effect in any way? It does, but that doesn't help you for getting one shot. Fair. That's super fair. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's, it's stuff like a Lariel, that shooting, uh, that healing is much more useful because it's pretty difficult to one shot something that's going to have like a two up save when you go into it. By no means impossible, but chip damage won't work. No. No, chip so, damage doesn't work at all in the game anymore, right? Yeah, chip damage is much less of a thing. So it's like kind of a bit all or nothing, and it's quite easy to go all in on Bellacore and come out, you know, winning. 
Yeah, of course. But so like, that's why I'm like Delacour. Yeah, good, good. Like I'm, I'm taking him in most of my lists because of the ability at the moment. But if the meta swings in such a way that big monstrous opponents aren't a less of a thing, or that stupid dwarf goes away, <laughs> then I'm probably might consider dropping him. Despite, got to say, one of the best models GW has ever produced. Personally, I think. But like, yeah, I can see what you mean. In when people are saying, like, when people are running around him, Nagash. Uh, so important for people who might be new to 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 know. Bellicor's got an ability to shut down uh, an opponent between two hero phase from a hero phase to another hero phase. And, yeah, I probably uh, should explain that, shouldn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just okay. Like, I mean, sometimes we we all we all just like there's so much assumed knowledge at yeah. this point. Yeah, yeah, there is. Like, yeah. it's not a problem. It's just so. But Bellicor's got an ability to shut down a model uniquely, actually, although not. F- completely uniquely there's like goading errands for luminous realm lords there are some examples of, of things that can be done super well but that um is such a key piece for shutting down because it's 340 points for bellicor so you can shut down uh or it might be i can't remember what the points are i think it's 340 um but you might be shutting down like a thousand points of nagash or 995 of nagash um so pretty key pretty key so you think those are the only winners you don't think things like a corn demon prince or a demon prince well... in general Demon Princes, yes, because of the 3-up save, but I would say that they are no better or worse generally than they were in 2. And okay. uh, So uh, I, I think they're winners. I think you'll see them. Um, but maybe they're slightly better because the board's got a bit smaller. But I was kind of, when you asked me that, I was thinking of more stuff that, because of AOS 3, has got better or worse. Yes, of course. So of course. I'm, so I'm thinking they're, they're still great, but I think they're roughly the same, which is good. Yeah. Still decent. That's yeah. great news. Okay. So yeah. what do you think has got worse because of Age of Sigma 3? Who are the losers for Age of Sigma 3? This is going to upset some people. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's life. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go. <laughs> so uh, disclaimer, I don't mean these things are bad. I just think they've got a little bit worse. Um, talking to you mean people in the comments section. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, uh, Marauders, I think, have got a little bit worse. Oh, well, they, um, they have definitely got worse. I don't think that's, that's yeah. undeniable, right? Well, well, I'm sure you'll find someone out there who passionately denies this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they kind of have. Um, hordes are difficult, more difficult to get now. Uh, and you kind of need them in hordes um, to get that minus one rend. And, again, minus one rend isn't as good as it used to be. Um, no. I'd almost if if you live if you assume that GW have pointed everything correctly, mm-hmm. I would even say that no rend because of the uh, less points it would be would be more effective to take than stuff with rend. Yeah. Um, because minus one rend just doesn't seem to really it doesn't cut through like it used to because it's so easy for your opponent to go plus one save. Yeah, which it never had the... Yeah, like, four-up armor yeah. save dudes used to then be a five-up armor save. Four-up armor yeah. save dudes now are still a four-up save against Rend. So, like, yeah. Rend is effectively worse. Um, it, it might be a psychological thing, because I think if you went in with a minus two Rend thing, I think your opponent's much, much less likely to use a CP on that, because they know you're going to cut through anyway. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird state of affairs we're in at the moment, because I think a lot of the reactions you're going to see are purely psychological. So, um, also, uh, and this goes for stuff like clan rats and storm vermin. Um, I believe, uh, marauders, they have a six plus save on their profile and their shields that they carry on with them given plus one save. 
to the to the to to the role and not the characteristic. It's an imp an important uh, distinction between things. Whenever you whenever you add plus one to the save, uh, sorry, yeah. whenever you add plus one to the roll, it means then you 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 can add things like all out defense, but it's going to go into yeah. that kind of total. It's not going to take you from like yeah. a, a five to a four to a three. Instead, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so people used to like mentally think of Marauders with a five up save because everyone took shields. Yes, but. Now, but they don't really have that. They have six up with a bonus one. And so if you gave them Mystic Shield, they're still going to be a five up, which is, it's, it's, um, this is hard for someone who doesn't really get the game to sort of get their head around. But because you can't stack saves anymore, their save is never going to be better than five plus, no matter what you do. Yeah. Wow, well, you can roll, but let's ignore that. Um, <laughs> so I think they've got a little bit worse. You, I, I think you'll see him a lot because um, you can't really argue with 90-point battle line that pretty much automatically makes a charge. But um, builds that you used to see were teleporting marauders around and expecting them to get in and do lots of damage, I, I think those days are gone. I agree. I agree. Those yeah, days that's are over. De it's definitely what you used to see. You used to give them, and they, they used to have a bunch of buffs layered on on top of them as well. Reroll saves, rerolls to hit, rerolls to wound, big teleport. Uh, off they go, and they do like you say an automatic charge, and they would do the yeah. world. They do some pretty incredible yeah. work, um, and they were weirdly like that. Their 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 difference between them and Chaos Warriors was night and day, and it was a really yeah, weird yeah. setup. Um, so now yeah, they've 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 definitely come more in line. Um, uh, which I think makes the rest of the faction kind of like have to open itself up to how it's going to play because it's it's probably one of the most janky and weirdly like complex armies that's available to play. Unlike Lumineth Realm Lords, where, which really rewards you for just you do X, I'm going to cast a spell, I do the command ability, super profit, and Saves to Darkness is wholly within on a three up next to this character, I might get X. Like, yeah. Um... I, I don't want to be the guy that says that it's quite a big brain army because <laughs> I'm the one using it and obviously all other armies are very smooth brain armies that you don't have to do very much in <laughs> but yeah my army's totally a really difficult army to play and only really smart people play it I would say it's one of the harder armies to play one of my shows I'm going to do next week is I'm going to do a, a tier list of like the difficulty of armies to play and Safe Starness is yeah. right up there you with think, tough you, you actually think because so? the, the thing is I've, I haven't really got much else to um, compare it to at the moment mm. so I, I played a Skaven game last night and I found playing Skaven super hard at the moment mm. super difficult purely because um, this, uh, like, I've, I, okay, so I've got my uh, big block of knights or Varengard. I'm moving forward, and I know they're going to be on a three-up re-rolling one at worst. I move up a screen of clan rats to the middle of the board. They're dead. <laughs> you just breathe at them, they're gone. Yeah. So, um, so I, I do think they've become easier. I think they've definitely moved up a tier. I'm finding them easier to play at the moment anyway okay but, well that's um, good yeah you've got you've got bigger tools which i think is quite nice yeah i i, I think I, th I genuinely think they were a b-tier army before and now they're an a-tier army okay this I, is I, 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 yeah i think so um someone feel free to correct me and we're, we're in early days at the moment but it feels like they're they're very good at this the, the save stacking yeah of course which at, at the moment seems to be where the power i've got i think we're so early in the edition it's hard to say it kind of feels where the power is yeah. All right. So what? So, what? So Marauders didn't do well, and I think that's good because yeah. Marauders needed to kind of. Yeah. Manage. It was also who wants to paint eight Marauders? I bloody did, and it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> I, I enjoy 
painting you know big monsters and yeah you, you know, want to paint the like demon that. princes yeah. and yeah uh, you like... do that's, that's so true yeah you do uh and it's so uh and so i think that's another good thing about this edition quite frankly is you get to paint the more fun stuff and play with the fun stuff yes that's true as well like you're like you're like i'm going to paint some varangard bellacor and also some um like some demon princes like this is pretty sweet uh yeah yeah okay so uh yeah not games workshop demon princes thank you misaka koala obviously they're not the ones to paint uh, ever uh unless it makes some new ones uh what are the losers did we get from the states of darkness generally uh chaos sorcerer lord on foot Ooh, is one i've put down okay. as well another potential controversial on uh, option there okay purely because and this applies a little bit to the manticore version as well is they don't get reroll saves uh from oracular visions anymore which was a big thing about them because you didn't have to cast it. You didn't have to pray for it. You just got it. You just had to make make sure you were holding within uh, 12 of the target that you were going to do it on. So you had to think and turn ahead to make sure you're in the right place. Yeah, that's all you had to do. Um, now it's just plus one save. But honestly, that's not that's still good. Like uh, because uh, reroll saves are kind of gone across the board. Plus one save has become a new power. So it's still very good. Mm. Uh, another another reason it's slightly less, and I don't mean bad. I don't mean, ma- mean bad. Mean people in the comments. I don't mean bad. Uh, the the spell as well, because of access of stuff, access to stuff like all out attack. I don't know if you heard about that one, all out attack. Not um, I can't wait to find out. And super happy, and, and super happy Tuesdays, <laughs> where you get plus one to wound. Getting plus one to hit and wound is on a similar. Yeah. on a character is sim, and you see, I'm not seeing a lot of characters. It's a similar effect to reroll hits and wounds. Not always as good, but if you're going, I th- I think the maths is with me. If you've got something that's hitting on a th- uh, hitting and wounding on threes, I think plus one to hit and wound is about the same as rerolls. Someone okay. correct. Someone, someone shoot me down. If someone I'm shoot me. Yeah, one. in the that, YouTube comments. Always, get in it. Pro- that's always how I've processed it in my head. I think if you're dealing with, um, if someone gives you minus one to hit and wound, I think yeah, maybe rerolls are better then. But on the whole, it's not a big loss now. So because it's easier to give uh, plus one to hit and wound, um, spell isn't as good. Still good. Still good. Mm. Not as good. So he's gotten a little bit worse, I think. Um, Another one, uh, I don't necessarily think they've gotten a lot worse, a little bit worse. It just missed opportunity, just okay. could do better, is like all the range of cultists they've got. That sort of uh, side of the book, I feel that they released uh, a faction idolators mm. in one of the Broken Realms book, which tries to address this by giving them the Marauder charge. Yes. And allows them and, to be battling in that faction. And does it allow them to take keywords as well? Like make make the marks. I think the marks. I do, yeah. So, so can we so can we explain the marks out to people just in case because they might not. Be yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I, I assume everyone knew. That's um, okay. So when you pick, uh, so that there are four or maybe five, depending on your point of view, chaos gods out there. Yeah. Uh, so with slaves to darkness, they worship these gods, and depending on which god they uh, worship, they get a buff depending on it. So I've got any slaves to darkness around me at the moment. I've got this uh, de- uh, this really rubbishly painted and modelled demon prince. Nice, perfect. Um, so he could be a demon prince of corn. He could be a demon prince of Zinch, a demon prince of Nurgle, and a demon prince of Slanesh. 
Uh, each one of those different marks will give you a slightly different um, buff depending on what you've chosen. In the Demon Prince's case, it actually gives you a different command ability as well. So Corn, that gives you uh, rerolls hits of one. And if you happen to be the general, it's plus one to wound. This is super good. I love corn. Uh, but like, I love corn. Like getting plus one to wound in a twelve-inch or around your heroes, just great. Yeah. That's the general buff. That's the souped-up ones. There's a lesser and a bigger one. The one plus one to wound. You know, aura, absolutely great. Uh, Nurgle, which is the one I used to go for, used to give you minus one to hit from shooting, which could become relevant again. And if you wound to wound on a six, you do an extra damage. Really good as well. Slanesh, it gives you that Slaneshi ability of sixes to hit, explode into two hits. Super good. And you can re-roll, run and charge rolls, I think. Yeah. And Zinch, which I think for the real... Oh, there's also Undivided. I can't really remember what Undivided does because, quite frankly, I never pick I it. It's not... It's not uh, yeah, that's what they do with GW does. They run out of ideas, isn't it? <laughs> plus one bravery. <laughs> I think it gives you a ward as well, a six-up ward, which is not nothing, but yeah. um, I prefer the others. Um, uh, and Zinch, of course, which I think is the man of the moment, uh, allows you to re-roll saves of one, which is amazing, and gives you that five-plus spell ignore, which is great on high-value save targets, which, I, as I said, I think is where the power is at the moment. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I completely see what you're saying. Like, elite units that already start with a good armor save already do better um, because of your access to all-out defense. So why not find an yes. army like Saves to Darkness where you can then tack on, I'm going to ignore spells as well, like which yep. like, would be a whole sub-faction for some armies, but that's just a mark before you get to whatever sub-faction you're playing as, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it allows you, like, even from like a narrative sense as well, it, it allows you to, you know, um, make your army behave differently depending on which god they decide to worship, which I think is great as well. Yeah. I would also like to say the Slaves to Darkness book is possibly my favorite book, maybe tied with Skaven. Okay. Uh, just because uh, the sub factions are all very, I think, are all very viable. There's six of them now, and I think they're all great. Like, and I don't think there's another book I can say that about. Not that I know particularly many books inside out, but I think you could have a really good go at getting some builds and just about all of the sub factions available to you. I think the strongest at the moment is Knights of the Empty Throne, maybe the spoilers, but it, there's not a lot in it. You can have a go at any of the sub factions and give a really good go mm. with uh, building an army, and it would be good, I think. Okay, so talk to me about um, uh, the. Uh, army list that you've been playing and thinking through and like how it works and what you what you're going on or like what's going on with it so uh the army i took to your event last sunday uh is a knights of the empty throne list uh, i was always going to do that because during lockdown i spent forever painting up these varangard so i was really when the that was the first thing i was looking to do because I was like, well, I've got to make use of these bloody models. I spent ages painting them. <laughs> so uh, Night of the Empty Throne was the obvious choice. And I think it works pretty well with the new edition. So you've got, uh, in my list, you're going to have uh, a block of six Varangard, which count as the general. So uh, also, disclaimer, uh, when you start um, having a group of models representing a hero or a general, you get lots of weird rules inconsistencies and expect a few conversations with the TO like I had with Rob before I even turned up 
how does this work, Rob? No idea. Neither do I. Rule it. <laughs> Stuff like there, that. Because there, there, there aren't. They just aren't no, no, clear. There, 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 there just isn't, aren't. isn't clear. And I think you can make a good argument either way. Uh, so one example I give to people uh, uh, is, um, so I've got a spell that turns uh, my uh, block of six Varengard with five wounds into a monster. How many models does it count as when determining control of an objective? Mm-hmm. So monsters were five. Uh, models were five. Is, yeah, is yeah. each one a monster or yeah. is the unit a monster? So you could either say you could make sound arguments for it's worth five points because the whole unit is a monster. Or you could say five times six, so 30. Yeah. And I think you can make arguments for both. Uh, I so five. Rob rules against me three times. I'm just going to put that out there. And then, and, and then, and then played me turn one. I was just like, oh, isn't this a coincidence? I think they were all fair judgments. No, no, um, they were all, honestly, they're all fine. I think you were wrong. But I think, I, I, I th- I think uh, this, is, this is why I asked beforehand, because I was like, and it still plays really well. So I don't yeah, really very well. I just don't, yeah. I just don't like uh, turning up on the day without knowing how my army's working. So, in fairness to you, you answered them very quickly, which is what a TO needs to do. Make a decision and just move on. Yeah. And Wait. it's also important for people out there as well to know that there might be these these conversations. If someone yeah. is new, or, or um, even if someone isn't new, just always contact your TO because we're in yeah. the early days. We know yeah. that there's another wave of FAQs coming soon. So yeah. we're hoping things like this will have been cleared up. Don't, right, That would be really important. But if they're not, someone's going to have to house rule it, basically. Yeah, and don't just turn up and expect it to work how you've been playing it. Because you know if there's a, a rule that you're playing which doesn't quite, you know, you're thinking, oh, this is naughty. Like, you you know if you're going to turn up and you're not entirely sure how this works. Just ask. Yeah. Just, you know, you might yeah. get shot down in flames like I was, but, you know, you get over it eventually. <laughs> or have I. So um, you've got this group of uh, six Varengard, um, which count as your general. And because it's a hero, you get access to all the heroic actions we were talking about earlier. You'll have another unit of Varengard, you know, completely optional. And basically stuff that's around to support the Varengard. I also included Bellacor in the list because of for meta reasons, as we discussed. Yeah. Um, so things to support the, the Varengard. I think I had a Sorcerer Lord on foot, although I'm probably going to upgrade that to a Manticore at some point. I had a, uh, a Chaos Lord on foot as well for double piling. Uh, Varengard get this once per battle. Uh, but with the Chaos Lord around, you can keep doing it as long as you've got CP. I've got a, um, uh, a Chaos Shrine, mm-hmm. which I think maybe should have been, now I think about it, maybe should have I've got slightly better because they I think they count as totems. So, yes, they do. 18-inch range for command abilities. Yeah, so that, that's good in and of itself. Um, I don't think you need to have two or three, like I was toting around in AOS 2, but they're still good. Yeah. Uh and some uh, like a selection of battle line. I think I went with one lot of knights because I think knights are great at the moment. Yeah. And a chariot and some marauders because I needed to fill out the points. So um, that was the basis of the list. And it's basically, uh, and I can't tell you after playing Skaven how nice it is to be able to push the Varengard forward and just be like, come at me, bro. What are you yeah. going to deal with this? Because I don't know how you're going to deal with this. Um. You also put the artifact on these six uh, model units and give them the good six-inch pile in. Mm-hmm. 
And the good, the, when I say the good six inch piling, I mean, uh, normally you have to stay outside three inches of other models and make a three inch charge. Uh, with six inch piling, you can pretty much just, as long as you're within six inches of an enemy model, which means you can move around, run and do all sorts, you can pile in anyway. You can retreat, you can run, you can do all sorts. So it, it, it doesn't sound that good when you're reading the rules out loud, but just remember that the good six inch piling uh, allows you to essentially retreat and charge and run and charge as well. And that's super yeah. powerful, super, super powerful. So uh, I always tell my opponent that my Varengard have got like a 22 inch threat range turn one. They move 10, they can run another six and then pile in another six if you happen to be within that. So make sure you're outside 22 inches of uh, your opponent if they're playing, you know, Knights of the Empty Throne Varengard with that artifact. Um, or I also... redeploy away from them. Yeah, that's one way of dealing with it. That definitely works and it definitely makes me salty when people do that. So... Uh... <laughs> I remember the first time someone did that to me, and I was just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing now. <laughs> that's the thing I've got to deal with. So, yeah, so that, that's one way of dealing with it. Like, you go three inches away from them, and if you redeploy and roll a four plus, mm-hmm. they're going uh, to be more than six inches away, so I can't do my sneaky pile in. It makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean that works really nicely. So that's that big brick of Varengard, and then like you said, you gave him the marker's inch, um, so you can make him uh, re-roll. Uh, I know Bellacore's in your list. Would you describe Bellacore as, in your opinion, an auto include? Like at the moment? At the moment, maybe. You see, I'm sighing as I say it. It's just like at the moment, yeah. If you go into a tournament, I think you, yeah. Um, like, so if your opponent gets uh, a double turn in the time you don't want them to. Uh, I always found end the spells used to be a good way of sort of softening the blow with that a little bit. Like yeah. a lot of people that don't play a lot of Age of Sigmar keep um, going on about how broken the double turn is. And it really isn't if you just sort of, you have to play better. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a, a softer way of saying that, you know, you've got to, got to think your way around it. But there are tools in the game that help you get around stuff like that. And the spells was one of them. Uh, you get more command uh, points now anyway, so the game's ha- trying to help you out with that. And Bellacore's another one, so it's like, okay, if you're going to double turn me, fine. But that guy there is going to be under Bellacore's gaze. Uh, so that means in each phase, I roll a dice on a three-up. He's not really contributing to that phase. You can't cast spells, you can't use command abilities, you can't pray, you can't run, fight, charge. Mm. So put it on Gotrek. I think he's going to be the number one target for it. Uh, he's got it. You've got to roll a three up. Uh, no, so it, let me phrase it another way. Your opponent has got to survive a three up to move, to charge, and to fight in order for him to do something. So that's three three ups. You've got to fail. And if they, if you uh, do that on your turn and they double turn you, uh, that means he's going to be doing it for two turns. Yes. So it's a great double turn protection. So your opponent's going to know full well. Oh, great! If I double turn him. Uh, Gotrek's going to be useless again. So uh, I love mechanics like that because, you know, uh, uh, double turns are hard to deal with, but not impossible. Yeah. So that, that's course. why that's why I rate him highly at the moment. Not If the meta changes, then he'll probably uh, be sitting at the back of the shelf for a while. But um, at the moment, he's brilliant. And awesome that's just because of his ability to shut down big, expensive units, right? It is literally that. 
Uh, not because his, like, have you not found him useful like in combat or as a caster he's, or... he's all right uh but the problem is as i said earlier a lot of the slaves to darkness stuff um it's like got average uh stat line but really good buffs yeah a lot of the buffs won't work on him a lot of the buffs won't work. like a lot of the like the the war shrines specify you got to be mortal I yep. think Demonic Power, which is the other common one from the Kale Sorcerer Lord on foot, you also have to be mortal. So it's, and he's got an undivided mark of uh, chaos, and you can't give him another one, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. So that means uh, a lot of the buffs we were talking about earlier don't work on him. Yeah, so you can give him Super Happy Tuesday, and you can give him plus one to hit from all out attack. I don't know if there's much else you can give him, and that's kind of the problem. Like, when you're hitting and wounding on threes, I think that pretty much chops your um, output in half by doing that. So eight attacks with threes and threes will probably get to rend at about four of them. Someone correct me on the maths on that. Yeah. Uh, so he's only got, like, he's only going to have, in effect, if, if, without buffs, he's only going to have four of his main attack, and then he's got two sort of one attack profiles which are going to be hit and miss so i don't rate him massively in combat and his save being ethereal means you can't do like the super saves on him so and i guess also he's also a victory point that he could hit someone who could go and get victory points for you yeah. um extra because he's a monster but he's also susceptible to to going down like yeah uh, he's, he's well. also a two cast wizard though so um that's probably that's a very useful thing about him yeah, he's not because you got ter- some opportunities to unbinds as well, right? Yeah, and Mystic Shield's great now, so you know you need a you need a vessel to Mystic Shield. Yeah, may as well true. be him. And he's also got the teleport spell potentially, like to yeah, that, that that's that. If you're unsure and slave to darkness, always take the teleport spell because that will win you the game. So uh, uh, if you can teleport some Marauders into your enemy's backline when they forget about them, happens more yeah. times than you think. Um, what else was I going to say about Bellicor, which is particularly useful? He's a big flying monster. Uh, yeah, but that it, I, I can't remember what I was going to say. That that three up um, that three up shutdown ability is just worth its weight in gold, really. And he also Amazing. happens to happens to be a two casting wizard flying monster on top of that, which is nice. <laughs> which is not really though. What like you know you're not too bothered about that. That's fascinating, actually. That's yeah. fascinating. Um, and what else was in your list? You had Marauders. Uh, like anything else? Did you put in your list? Uh, Chaos War Shrine. Chaos War Shrine, surely. Yeah, surely. Like, can Chaos Warshine take Curse? Is that not like something? Yeah, it you're can. Not look... But um, you're not at... too interested in that. There's like a the 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 normal one I cast is on the Varen Guard, and it gives him rerolls of hits and wounds. As yeah, I say, good. you you can work around that with uh, command points. But if you think about it this way, you've got two units of Varen Guard going forward. Ideally, you want them both to be buffed. So you put the um, prayer on one of them and then the other you can use the command abilities on so they're both hitting really hard um so uh, that's how i tend to think about it um the only problem is it happens on a three up and you're pretty much at the mercy of the dice so i think in your game i got it every single time but in other games i had i didn't get it off once so okay. yeah so it, you're at the mercy of the dice for that one with uh, the prayers only the idolator sub faction i think makes that more reliable and that's something I haven't really tried. Note to self, try idolators. 
Yeah. <laughs> but that means you've got to get yourself a lot of Warcry warbands on top as well to play yeah. idolaters. Yeah. I just want most war scrolls to be better, so I know I'm not wasting my time, basically. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. So uh, so my question to you is, uh, do you think that uh, Saves to Darkness can play well in the new edition? Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. I think, okay. uh, yeah, I think, as, as I said, I thought they were a B-tier army before. No, I think they're A tier. We've got some S tier stuff like Daughters of Cain and Zinch, I think, are probably S tier. Mm-hmm. This is just my own opinion, you know. Um, but I, and I think beneath that, you've got stuff like Slaves to Darkness, which isn't broken good, but is really quite something, quite a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Well, Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank um... you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. No, it's lovely. It's lovely. Really nice having you on. Like, it's nice to know that you've like put a lot of thought into like this faction for this edition, and that there's still so much uh, to break down about this faction. I've been trapped inside for two years. I've been thinking about nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Have you uh, got any shout outs before we head out today? Uh, all of all of uh, Team Wales, uh, of course. Clint Houndar, um, and. Yeah, that's about it. The Owen Jackson, obviously. Uh, yeah, Mark, you're part of the uh, the Welsh, uh, not ETC, Worlds team, the World the Agency Mar Worlds Welsh, Welsh team, Welsh whatever team. The, yeah. the Welsh team. Um, so uh, the captain, in fact. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, the captain, in fact. Sorry. Chief cat herder. Chief cat herder. Yeah. Uh, well, lovely. Thanks, Owen. I'm going to shout out Arthur because uh, if I don't do that, I'll get shot. Uh, at this stage, I want to thank the Twitch chat who've been uh, here for the whole chat. Thanks to you. Loads of love. Um, it's been cool hanging out with you today and doing these. Uh, Mark, thanks to you again. I'll include... Uh, so I'm going to get this list put on... Mark's going to send me the list. I'm going to put it on the wargamer.com or Mark will put it up and he'll send it to me. I've whichever process. Oh, it's up. Okay, yeah. so it's up on the website. Um, it might get a write-up. It might not, but like you can go and check it out. And I'll, I'll get that included in the show notes. So if you want to listen to it on the podcast or if you're listening to it on YouTube, you can go and find that and get the link and uh, you can go grab that. Um, so that'll be cool to read and, and chill with. Um, and Mark, thanks for being on the show. It's been lovely having you on. And uh, thanks for listening to us, Wargamer, everyone. We'll see you guys soon. Goodbye. Bye.